So you are going to get the words of God, the mandras from different world religions. So please try to repeat it after me according to the teachings of our great master Kriya Baba Janaharaj. Shanti, 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 Shalom, Shalom, Shatnam, Shatnam, Shadu, Shadu, Tao, Tao, Swami, Swami, Kami, Kami, Amin, 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 Shila, Shila. Spread, Yim Spread, Hum, Hum, Osa, Osa, Jijosh, Friends, everything came from a great phenomenon. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. So I want you to understand that. It is that word of God, which you call the Pranava Mandra, which exists in variations as Amin and Amin in different world religions. So everything came from Sanadana Dharma. Everything came from Samantha Siddhanta. And you have lived up to those great ideals when you chanted the Shanti Mandra that's trying to promote world peace. If everybody does like that, if everybody tries to experience Shanti and peace inside, particularly all the world international politicians, we can easily establish peace outside without any world wars. So that is the purpose of all the people to practice this Bhavajis Kriyoga. Please listen to my advice. When you want to get up, you must practice this standing crane pose exercise. Don't jump up from bed. You go to bed at night in Purna Shamashanti Asana. Roll on your sides, enjoy your sleep and all your sweet dreams. When you get up in the morning, come back to the super leg position as you are now. And then you are going to tone up all the muscles. Then what is called the sitting crane pose exercise. You go to bed in Purna Shavashanti Asana, get up in sitting crane pose exercise. So two of the asanas are completed automatically as part of your speaking. That is what you are going to do now. Stretch out your hands beyond the head, please all of you. And try to sit up and touch the toes three or four times with the knees pressed down. Do it three or four times. So all of you do that. And come on, keep on moving. Keep on moving. Don't be in a hurry to get up on the I want you to go far beyond. Go beyond the level of the great toes. Come on. Increase your height. Don't tense. Relax here. And then go back and come forward. One, stand up. Use together. Toes so far. Zero. Keep apart. Relax. So when you sit down, let us go ahead with the rest of it. Rice and bees still. Till I chant the poem in the Pranavantara, then you go ahead with the lecture. <coughs> Paying homage to the 18 Tamil Yogasiddhas, to which tradition we belong to, and Master is the climax of that tradition. So let us try to pay homage to all our Param Gurus, then come to a great Master Kriya Bhavajanaharaj, and then try to analyze and understand the verse of the Jnana Guru of Babaji called the Bohanada. According to Tamil Kriya Siddhanta and Chanadana Dharmam, you should not speak on your own at all, on the basis of what you have heard. It should be on the basis of sadhana and experience, or it should be on the basis of the scriptures. So we take up the scriptures and the classical works of the Siddhas and make them the basis of our talks and discourses, but before we could analyze even a single word of the Siddha, he needs his grace, hence this song of homage. Adhikalatilaitilayantramoola radagumalai ramadeva radagumalai ramadeva 
and 50% alone is meant for your benefit. So one day when you try to teach you people Kriya Kundali Pranayam, the potential breathing technique, Kriya Dhyana Yogam, the great scientific art of mastering the mind, you're going to generate tremendous amount of spiritual vibrations. You try to become practically a spiritual dynamo. You become a very dynamic person. And you're going to practice that so that you can sanctify the place where you're doing it. And only part of it goes for your own spiritual development. So along those lines, I want you to practice yoga. The yoga of Babaji is called Kriya Kundalini Yogam. What is this Kundalini? Can you get in any supermarket? A lot of supermarkets are coming into existence all over the world. Unfortunately, my friends, I have to confess, you can't get it in any material supermarket. But I like to tell you a secret. I know a supermarket where they are sending Kundalini Shakti. Do you know what that supermarket is called? Babaji's Kriya Yoga. I want all you people to go and do a lot of shopping daily in that Babaji's Kriya Yoga supermarket. And what will you get there? Kundalini Shakti. Where is that Kundalini Shakti? The Mooladhara Chakram. My friends, you are not only this physical body, which is called Annamaya Urvam, a body that is dependent upon Annam or food for its existence. Beyond the physical is the vital body, which Ramalinga Swami, the great Siddha of the 19th century, described as Pranamaya Urvam. That is to say, my friend, the vital body is as distinct your reality as your physical. If you come to that level of practicing pranayama and attaining Siddhi, you can see the vital body, the pranamaya urvam, as distinctly as you see the physical. And that vital body has got exactly an anatomy and physiology as this physical body has got. And when you try to look at that vital body, and one day you'll be able to look at it very distinctly, You'll be surprised by the resemblance to your own physical body. That vital body is within the physical. By practicing Babaji's Kriya Kundalini Pranayam, you're going to increase the vital energy, the pranic energy therein. The electromotive force is going to step up from 1.5 to 2 volts to 110, 220, and go right up to the millions of voltage which constitutes the Bhavaji consciousness and the God consciousness. So we're practicing pranayam, you're going to strengthen the vital body. What will happen? Will you grow a couple of horns like a bull? No. The vital body will become so large. The vital body will become so fluorescent. It will start extending beyond the limits of the physical body. This is exactly, my friends, try to look at the pictures of the saints and sages that is kept over here. They represented them with a halo around their head. What do they mean? They had a flashlight behind their head? No. They had tremendous amount of vital energy and pranic energy. That is exactly what you have to understand in the case of Lord Krishna. Somebody is going to come and say, how can ever a human being or God be blue in color? Why not? Look at that sky, it's blue in color. Look at the distant mountain, it is blue in color. Look at the ocean from a distance, it is blue in color. Where did the blue color come in? Go near that water, take up the water and hence there is no blue color. Get into your plane and go right into the sky, still you don't find anything concrete over there. Still continues to be blue further away. <coughs> what is that blue color? It is the blue color of pranic energy. 
more and more you try to practice pranayam, tremendous amount of pranic energy is going to be stored up in the vital body. And that will manifest itself in the physical plane as it did in the case of Lord Krishna. So Lord Krishna is represented with that fluorescent pranic blue color of divinity and a halo which you will understand when you practice Babaji's Kriya Kundani Pranayam. When you come to that level, you can see the vital body as distinctly as you see the physical. And when you see that vital body like that, you will get confused. The vital body is now within the physical. When you practice a lot of pranayama, it will step out of the physical and stand. It is something like you are looking at your own image in the mirror and you are confused. Who am I? Am I this physical body or the vital body standing there? To avoid all this confusion, we are delivering you this lecture today. When you go into the higher reaches of Babaji's Kriya Yoga, you are going to have these great experiences. You will find the vital body is a distinct entity. And when you look at that vital body, even though it resembles the physical, when you say, oh, it resembles my physical, so it is my vital body, you try to go and embrace it, it goes right through the vital body because there is no substance in it. So even though the vital body resembles the physical, it has got a lot of differences. The more and more you try to practice pranayam, that body is going to become very, very dynamic. You can travel a long distance in the vital body, which is called astral projection and astral traveling, technically in Tamar, Kriyoga Siddhis and Yogic Miracles. When you come to that state of development, you'll be able to understand Bohanadar, whose verses we are chanting today. In this particular verse, Bhaganadar talks about the vital body. He says that all you people should construct not only one house and one home, my friends. You should have at least six homes. Arvada, six homes. You will really become a million in the truer sense of the term. Doesn't mean to say you build six or seven houses in the physical plane. That's not what he means. Why do you have this physical body according to Tamil Kriya Siddhantam? So that one day we can convert this physical body into the shrine of God as Babaji has done it. We try to establish a shrine only in our homes like this. But Babaji says we have to convert all the five bodies into the shrines of God. In all the, and you have to build six special homes and sanctums and Torah for God. Six of them corresponding to the six faces of Lord Murga and Kartikeya. Kriya Babaji Naharaj is worshipped as the incarnation and avatar of Lord Murga, Kartikeyan. And he wants you to build six sanctum sanctora for God, where, not in the physical plane, but in the vital body. If you want to build a shrine, you must know where you are going to build it, right? So let us go and try to explore the vital body and find out the six sites where Babaji and Bohanadar want you to build the shrines. The first one, which is at the very base of your spinal cord, but not in the physical body, but is present in the vital body, the pranamaya uruvam, is called the Muladhara Chakaram. 
my friends beautiful flowers are being offered here to worship god why did you ever explore that and find out why should you worship god with flowers worshiping god with flowers is called in tamil poojai who means flower to do with flowers to worship god with flowers why should you worship with flowers it is a good technique and ritual no doubt but it has got a deeper spiritual significance we have got inside the vital body seven chakras or seven lotus buds by practicing baba ji's five fold path of kriya yoga consisting of asanas pranayam dhyana mandras and bhakti you're going to awaken the kundalini shakti and you're going to make that place catch fire bhakti patti is bhakti t means fire all of you should set fire to that don't allow the kundalini to sleep just as you try to light the oil lamp just as you try to light your incense sticks your dhoobab sticks try to light the shakti within you how by blowing you try to take a match and try to set fire a small piece of a charcoal or a piece of wood then it starts blowing more and more you blow it catches fire so also you can blow inside through kriya kundalini pranayam and make that spark of fire spurt out in the big flame and a jyoti so that is the goal of kriya kundalini yoga you're going to start the whole process in the first chakra which is called the muladhara chakra which corresponds very roughly to the level of the genital but really it is in the sacroiliac region it corresponds to the sacral plexus and the corresponding organs are stimulated that muladhara chakra is very important look at the beautiful term they have used to muladharam i read so many books on yoga i couldn't find out the reason why they call it muladharam finally baba ji naraj explained that mula adharam adharam means a basis what is the basis of this building the foundation the very foundation of your spiritual development is muladhara chakram muladhara is the primordial and the very foundation primordial foundation of your existence is muladhara chakram my friends you can be anything you can be the greatest sinner and gangster and criminal is immaterial to me if you practice baba ji's five fold path of kriya yoga if you try to awaken the kundalini shakti in the muladhara chakram the greatest sinner and the greatest gangster will become a great saint and a sage and a siddha that is the potentiality of baba ji's kriya yoga so everybody should get into that and it completely changes your nature <coughs> physically vitally mentally intellectually and spiritually what happens the kundalini shakti the great divine mother and the primordial adi shakti which is coiled up like a serpent is awakened and that serpent is called naharaj naharaj means the king cobra and that was the name that was given by the parents to a great master kriya baba ji is called kriya baba ji naharaj the goal of naharaj kriya yoga is to awaken the naharaj inside and when that starts arising you find with every breath will teach you when you come for the advanced classes how to chant the mantras with every breath you can chant it and you can't find a more potential method of chanting the bija mantras than this kriya kundalini pranayam that is the reason why my friends it is very nice to find that yogi shiva is being worshiped there as a shivalinga do you know another beautiful name for shiva shivanath shivanathan which is translated in the english language as lord shiva which is a very poor translation 
When a worship is being carried, don't you ring the bell? Why? Did you ever think of it? Because God is not only to be seen, but he is to be experienced as divine sound through the ears. Through the jnana indriyas of hearing, not the panja indriyas. So that is the, to remind us of that great ex spiritual experience, you ring the bell when you worship God. And that is the reason why Shiva is called Shivanadan. Nada means divine sound. <coughs> you like to experience Shiva, Parameshwara, as the great divine sound. This is what is called Nadanda Yogam. With every breath, you are able to awaken that Nadam of divine sound. And the starting point is the Muladhara Chakram. Above the Muladhara Chakram is another chakram which is called the Shwedhisthana Chakram, corresponding roughly to the level of the anus in the vital body. And you find that also awakens certain other glands. It also awakens your capacity to the higher level of existence. When the Muladhara Chakram is awakened, the physical body responds very beautifully to the spiritual vibrations. When you come to the level of the Shwedhisthana Chakram, the lower vital body starts functioning. This is important. These changes that are taking place in the vital body produce certain corresponding changes in the physical also. When you go beyond the level of the Shwadhisthana Chakram, you come to the level of an extremely important chakra called the Manipuraka Chakram. And that is the place where you store up all the vital energy. Friends, all of us were born from the mother's womb. That is the reason why, according to Tamarthuya Siddhanta, Annayam Pidavu Munnari Devam, the first gods which children should be taught how to worship is the father and mother. My friends, father created you and you grew in the mother's womb. The mother ate for you, slept for you, she breathed for you, she did everything for you. And how did she do it? By the umbilical cord with which you were attached to her. Just as you had an umbilical cord when you were growing as an embryo in the mother's womb, you have even now an umbilical cord after you are born. And that is the umbilical cord which is called prana kairu, the vital umbilical cord. That is the umbilical cord by which the vital body is attached to the physical. Exactly the same <coughs> navel center by which the umbilical cord with which you are attached to the mother is exactly the same place where the vital umbilical cord attaches the vital body to the physical. As long as that cord is intact, you will not die. So in the case of Kriya Bhavaja, Naharaj and others, that cord is very, very strong, so there is no death for them. In the case of an ordinary human being, after 40, 50, 60 years finished, the cord becomes thinner and thinner and finally it breaks. So if you want to prolong your life, it's good to practice pranayama. It strengthens the umbilical cord. You do the breathing exercises on pranayama. Every time, all of you people are breathing now. That pranic energy goes through the lungs and the physical body, right into the vital body. How does it go? Through the umbilical cord. And the pranic energy is accumulated in the vital body. Something like the substation which you saw on the way. Electricity is generated somewhere at a very high voltage. Then you got the breakdown transformers, then it is distributed probably 110 or 220 all over this country of Trinidad and Tobago. So also, pranic energy is accumulated in the vital body. And from that substation, that pranic energy is distributed to the physical, mental, intellectual and spiritual. When it comes into the physical body, it undergoes certain changes. When you want to breathe, 
you need certain amount of energy, type of energy. If you want a digestive food, different type of prana. If you want the bird to circulate, a still different type of prana. For excretion, another type of prana. So all the pranic energy that you get, even though it is of the same nature, when it gets into different organs and different bodies, it takes a certain amount of different characteristic features. So the pranayam that you practice, ultimately, is going to be used in all the five bodies for all your activities. And the place which is stored up is called the pranamaya urvam, or the vital body, and the chakra, which is exactly the cord and channel through which it flows in, is called the Manipuraha Chakram. When you try to attain Siddhi and Kriya Kundalini Pranayam, this chakra becomes very, very active. And instead of getting pranic energy from the surrounding atmosphere, you try to get pranic energy directly from God. God is eternal. So when you get pranic energy directly from God, you do not die. That is the achievement of Kriya Babajana Haraj. So Kundani Pranayam ultimately teaches you how to turn to God to get the pranic energy. And Manipuraga Chakram plays a very, very important part in that field. You can go beyond the Manipuraga Chakram to the level of the heart. Here I want to sound a word of caution. People generally read books and think it is the physical heart. If you try to meditate on the physical heart, it may produce a lot of complications, chest pain, affect your breathing, heartbeat, with all sorts of complicated situations. What is referred to in the scriptures and world religions is not the physical heart but the vital heart. The vital heart which you find in the Pranamaya Uruma is called the Anahata Chakaram. And that chakra is important. When you are able to awaken that chakra and that lotus, you become a very loving person. That is exactly what you found in Mahatma Gandhi, the father of the Indian nation, who also practiced Kriya Yoga. When you come to that level, my friends, you love not only your family, you love the community, the country, the whole world. You drive the whole world as your family. And you develop what you ultimately called the Vijnana Samadhi or the Universal Vision. When you come to that level of awakening the Anahata Chakram, you'll see nothing, nothing but God everywhere. You have to go beyond the Anahata Chakram to the level of the neck very distinctly. You're able to remember so many things, but be careful here. God deliberately made you forget so many things. And what all that you did, what all you aspired for, and all that you established and accomplished, good, bad and indifferent, is recorded in the chittam, the subconscious mind. And we are going to teach you during Kriya Dhyana Yogam how to open up that chittam of the subconscious mind. Suppose you have got a room and lock it up for about five years, everything seems to be quiet. But the moment you open that room and start using your broom to clean it, all the dust comes and suffocates you. So also, as long as you do not touch the chittam, you seem to be all right. The moment we teach you that technique, you're going to open up that chittam and all the garbage will come up. That means you're really practicing the technique and we'll teach you how to clean it. That is the technique which I taught you just now. Please practice it so that next time when I come and teach you the more advanced techniques, you'll be ready to go ahead with it. You have to clean the house. Merely keeping the house locked up doesn't mean to say it is clean. It may be quiet, but not clean. So also I want your chittam not only to be quiet, but I want it to be clean. And the process of cleansing is achieved when you come to the level of awakening the Vishuddhi Chakaram and try to make use of the Dhyana Kriyas which are going to teach you. When you come to that level, they're able to function so efficiently. My friends, all of us have got a lot of intelligent quotient, but we don't use it. So by awakening the Vishuddhi Chakaram, consciously you're going to do so many things. 
the other day we met somebody, I'm not going to mention the names in Guyana, they said suddenly they started trying and started practicing yoga to understand what is all this about. To do things involuntarily is not good according to Babaji's Yoga. There are a lot of powers within us. If you try to awaken it and don't know how to manage it, you will be swept away. So we teach you how to do it in steps. We teach you consciously. That is the advantage of the Vishuddhi Chakram, to deal with all the great experiences and upheavals that are going to take place inside you spiritually. So let us go beyond the level of the Vishuddhi Chakram to the sixth house, which is referred to by the great Bohanadar as the Anjana Chakram. My friends, look at the beautiful picture of Yogi Shiva. He is represented with three eyes. Mukkannan. All of us have got only two eyes, but Lord Yogi Shiva has got three eyes. When you talk like that, some of the doctors who are educated fools say, Look here, I have operated the body so many times, I have seen one inside the brain and the skull. I don't find your third eye. That is what is called an educated fool. The third eye is not in the physical body, my friends. The third eye is in the vital body. And that third eye, the physical counterpart of which is called the pituitary gland, is awakened when you practice Asanas, Pranayam, Dhyanas and Mantra. All this helps you to awaken the third eye. All of you, when you close the eyes, now you see nothing but darkness. But if the third eye, the Anjana Chakram is awakened, you'll be able to see the light. Close the eyes, you see the light. Open the eyes, you see the light. That is the reason why it is called the Anjanakal or the Jnana Drashti as it is called. When you come to that level of trying to awaken the third eye, the yogic eye, the eye of wisdom, you go beyond the limitations of the past, present and future. You are going to go beyond the limitations of the column or time. That is the reason why such great people like Baba Janaharaj, Ramakrishna Paramahamsa and all these people are called Dirka Tarashti or people who had the great inner vision. They are able to see far ahead of what is going to happen in future. They could go and see the past. They are familiar with the present. So they really became Trihala Jnanis who could go beyond the limitations of the time factor of past, present and future. That is what is going to happen when this Anjana Chakram is awakened. When you come to that level, the Jiva becomes a Shiva. So the ultimate goal of yoga is to awaken the third eye. Beyond that you've got the seventh Chakram, the 1008-petal lotus, called the Shavasara Chakram, Ayurathyatral Chakram which doesn't come within the purview of today's lecture. What the great Bohanada teaches us is, what you've got in your body are the buds and lotus buds. By practicing Babaji's Kriya Yoga, make those buds blossom into flowers. That is the significance of worshipping God. Awaken, try to blossom the lotuses inside and offer those flowers and lotuses to God. So we do this simple technique of worshipping with flowers to awaken the flowers inside, to blossom the flowers inside. When all the flowers are blossomed, the six chakras, starting from Muladharam, Sudhishthanam, Manipuragam, Anahatam, Vishuddhi and Anjana, becomes the shrine of God. God comes and dwells in that level and you are able to get the higher levels of spiritual consciousness. So he says, you should try to go and worship God not only in the shrines as you do here, you should try to worship God in all the six shrines inside. You should do intensive sadhana and allow Babaji to descend into those chakras.
When he descends into those chakras, you will understand his glory and greatness. He'll be able to go beyond all the limitations of birth and death. He'll be able to go beyond the limitations of past, present and future. He'll be able to awaken all the powers that are lying dormant within you. And you become a Siddha, a Supreme Master of Yoga in the truest sense of the term. So the ultimate goal of yoga is to build six shrines for God. You may not be having any bank balance, does not matter. If you can clean up the shrines inside and try to build up a shrine with your devotion and love, which is the climax of yoga, definitely Babaji will come and dwell in all the shrines. You can turn round inside and try to worship Him in all His glory and greatness. With all the techniques that you are trying to teach you, asanas, pranayam, dhyana, mandras and bhakti, in all the six shrines. So the ultimate goal of Babaji's Kriya Yoga is to build the six shrines for him inside yourself. And that is what is referred to as Arvudu by the great Siddha, Bohanadar, the Jnana Guru of Babaji. Let us try to chant that verse and bring this lecture to a close. Parapashadalam Verundrai Patri Paraviyekat Talindu Pohavendam Arapa Atmavai Sukchapavai Apane Adalirkum Vivaramyalam Sirapa Undramilai Vudu Aragam Sharandalinda Nandiyade Parameyagam Virapa Undramilai Nandi Gandal Minyana bodhagamum amudamutre. Minyana bodhagamum amudamutre. Thus we find all you people should start converting your own body into the shrine of God. How? With Om Sat Chat. What is all that about? It's a very beautiful mantra which is worth thinking about. Om is the word of God. A beautiful pranava mantra. Everything in this world vibrates including pranic energy and the vibration of that pranic energy is called the pranava mantra Om. When you try to expand it, it is Aum. Still further it becomes Aum, Auman, Aman, Amin and so on. Everything was derived from that Om. The whole of creation came from that Om. In that great space, that ether, there was nothing but that energy, pranic energy, which was vibrating with that mantra. The Adi Pranava Mantra. The primordial mantra. All that we are trying to do is to go back to that primordial source from which we came, that is Om, Aum. My friends, why do we live? Just to be born daily and eat some rotis and go to sleep and die? No. There's something more behind this life. What is it? Why should we be born? Why should we live? What happens to us after we die? These are some of the fundamental questions all of us have to face. Yoga is able to answer these questions very beautifully. The goal is to realize and experience God who is Chat. Chat is Chatyam, truth. I want you all a people to follow the Kriya Yoga of truth. Think of the truth. Speak of the truth and base all your actions upon truth and your life will become the life of truth and you can easily experience the truth which is another name for God. This is called Shatya Mevi Jayate. Nothing but the truth will ultimately be victorious. So the more and more you try to talk the truth, you will become very successful in all your activities, including yoga. 
There are three things that are going to make you very potential in this world. Leading a life of chastity. In thought, word and deed, try to remain faithful to your life partner. Shakti and Shakta. That is chastity. And you become an extremely powerful and potential person, very successful in the field of yoga. People who speak the truth, they are also very powerful and potential and dynamic. And people who practice yoga, tabasvis, they are also dynamic. And all these three people are very powerful. They are equally great. If you practice all three of them, you become three times greater and three times more potential. So that we ought to refer to as chat, shatyam is truth. <coughs> so everything that you do in this world should be directed towards that shatyam. You are going to accept the responsibility of a grahasthi and a householder, fine. That is for the sake of shatyam. To worship God in your life partner, to worship God in your children, to worship God in your family, the community, to worship God everywhere. Not only worshiping God inside, not only worshiping God in the shrine, but worshiping God in all His creation. That is what is called the worship of truth. And for that, what should you do? Tat is to dedicate. You should dedicate all the five bodies to God. You should dedicate all the seven chakras to God. You should try to dedicate all your actions to God, which Lord Krishna calls Nishkamya Karma Yoga. Do everything by all means, but do it without attachment. Do it in a spirit of detachment and let all those actions and karmas be dedicated to God. To begin with you do a lot of actions because you got a lot of desires. More and more you try to do Nishkamya Karma Yoga, try to do those actions without attachment, you find all your desires are completely worn out and are sublimated. You are able to realize and experience God. Still you continue to do the actions. This is important. You can do actions in four levels of human existence, as a brahmachari, as a celibate. You can try to do it as a grigasthi, as a householder. Try to do it as a vanaprasthi and as a hermit. Try to do it as a Swami and a sannyasin. The word Swami is to be used only for people who are renunciates. It doesn't mean to say that is the highest level. No. Swamis and Grahasthis and Vanaprasthis and Brahmacharis, all of them are equally important. If you're going to have a family, it's better for you to call yourself a Grahasthi and use the proper term of a tree and not a Swami. This is important because this is what Babaji repeatedly emphasizes. Live according to your dharma, which all of them are equally important. You know who is called a Swami technically according to Sanadana Dhamma Yoga Siddhantam? A person who does not stay in a place for more than three days. As the great Archari Vivinanda said, pure is the monk that goes, pure is the water that flows. You can't stay in one place for more than three days. Such a person alone is called your Swami and your renunciate. That doesn't mean that is the only highest state or level. That is one way of life. You can definitely have a family. Continue to practice intensive yoga as Agastya, the great Kundalini Pranayam Guru of Babaji did. He was a great Grihasthi. He practiced Kundalini Pranayam and attained Surupa Samadhi as a Grihasthi. When he can do it, why not you people do it? That is the challenge you will have to accept. I am not asking everybody to renounce the world and wear the awkward cloth and run away and hide in some jungle. That is one way of life. But stay in this world. Try to discharge your duties to your family and to the community and to the country and the world at large. What will happen? 
Not only you will experience samadhi, my friends. You can make all these people seek samadhi and attain it one day. Only such people we will accept for the Kriya, Kundalini, Pranayama and Jnana classes. We are not going to get into this higher reaches of yoga for your personal salvation alone. You are going to do it for the benefit of humanity at large. You must have shown the path to a number of souls. Then Babaji will give you the experience of Samadhi through his Kriya Yoga. This is exactly the great message of Babaji and his great Jnana Guru Pohanada. We come to that level, my friends. All of you people in this hall will become walking shrines. It become so dynamic. You'll be able to manifest the divine glory and greatness and vibrations. You'll be having so much of magnetism. The moment you walk around, everybody will feel like saying, Namaskar, Vanakkaputra. <laughs> because you're becoming such a dynamic person. Don't merely see God in Kailasham. Don't merely see God in Vaikundam. Try to see God within you in all the creations of God. Try to become such a great source of inspiration. The moment people try to see you, here goes in the person of God. To that extent I want all you people to convert all your bodies and all chakras into the shrines of God, leading to Aum Shanti 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 Questions? Yes, sir. Yes, I'll give you a chance. Any other? Anybody else? Friends, don't feel shy. Ask any question you like. They'll be answered from the standpoint of the modern material sciences and world religions and our scriptures. Even if it's a very simple question is immaterial, it gives me great pressure to answer them because they come from the bottom of your heart. But it's getting late. Set the ball rolling. Yes. Yes, she's got a question. Go ahead. Uh, is um, Babaji's Kriya Yoga, is, is, is it included in Patanjali's Yoga or is it um, The question of my sister over there is, is Babaji's Kriya included in Patanjali's Raj Yoga or not? I'll answer that question. My general procedure is to accumulate all the questions and answer my conversation. I'll answer it. Next. Is, um, if uh, Babaji is an avatar of Lord Muruga, uh, could you please explain how is he, is he also um, the manifestation of Kalki and how can he be both at the same time if this is true? Now the question, next question is, <coughs> we worship Kriya Babaji Naharaj, our Sadguru, as a manifestation of Lord Murga, who is also called Kartikeya. If he is an avatar of Kartikeyan, how can he be Kalki? And how can he be the manifestation of certain other conceptions of avatars? Right. Uh, can you say something about Kartikeya? He wants to know something about Kartikeya, right. Okay. Any other question? Alright friends, let us turn to the Master for inspiration to answer these beautiful questions from beautiful souls. Om Kriya Ramajana <coughs> Friends, to understand this first question of the correlation between Kriyogam and Rajyogam is good for us to define certain terms. The word Yogam, which is referred to as Yoga in English and in certain other languages, is derived from the word Yuj, which means to unite. We define Yogam in our order as taught by Babaji as the scientific art of perfect God and truth union. That is yoga. All of us, whatever might be our age, 
what might be the religion we belong to, can and should practice yoga. Babaji's yoga consists of 144 techniques and those techniques are called kriyas. And kriya means practical yogic technique derived from the word, from the root kri which means to do. From the same root we got the other beautiful word karmam, action. The remarkable feature of Babaji's yoga is it places emphasis on the practical side. I can keep on talking for another three months on philosophy, it won't benefit anybody at all. But if you practice Babaji's, say, some asanas and pranayam, go back home and do it, immediately understand the potentiality of that yoga, which places emphasis on the practical side. Then when you talk about the philosophy, it will make a lot of sense to you. So Babaji's Kriyoga is a very integrated path that leads to the development of all the latent powers within you. This is a typical yoga which belongs to the Siddha tradition. In the Siddhanta tradition, they try to develop all the latent powers within you. Realizing and experience God is the greatest Siddhi. But the development of all the other powers which God has created in you is also important so that you can understand the omnipotence of God. This is something which you find is a common factor between Babaji's Kriya Yoga and Patanjali's Raja Yoga. And it will be of some interest to all you people to understand. Patanjali who sang the Raja Yoga Sutras in Sanskrit and tried to codify them for the first time in the Sanskrit Deva Bhasha, was also a great scholar in Tamil. He is considered to be one of the 18 Tamil Yoga Siddhas who had a lot of proficiency in both Tamil and Sanskrit. For the benefit of the people who spoke Sanskrit and the great languages derived thereof, he tried to crystallize in the form of Sutras the great system which is now called Raja Yogam. Yogam is the scientific art of perfect God and truth union. It is called Raja Yogam, the great kingly and princely science, the royal science, because it is a great science which deals with the mind. So Raja Yogam is the scientific art of mastering the mind. And the term that we use in Babaji's Kriya Yogam for this Raja Yogam is Dhyanam. So Kriya Dhyana Yogam and the Raja Yogam of Padanjali are one and the same. And Kriya Dhyana Yogam is just one-fifth of Babaji's Kriya Yoga. The first step is Kriya Hatha Yogam, the science of physical postures of relaxations and bandhas and mudras. The second step is pranayam, the scientific art of mastering the breath, which is very, very important. Then comes Kriya Dhyana Yogam, which is also called Raja Yogam of Patanchari. They are synonymous. Beyond that you go to the level of Kriya Mantra Yogam and Kriya Bhakti Yogam. So in Patanjali's Raja Yoga, the emphasis is only on Dhyanam and meditation. Whereas in Babaji's fivefold path of Kriya Yogam, we place emphasis upon all the five Angas, physical, then you go to the vital, mental, intellectual and spiritual. <coughs> so you can try to define Raja Yogam as a fraction of Babaji's Kriya Yogam. And this is very important. If you are to attain Siddhi in Kriya Raja Yogam, you must start with asanas, pranayam. Then if you try to take up Raja Yogam or Dhyana Yogam, it is more successful. So that is the essential difference between <coughs> Patanjali's Raja Yogam and Babaji's Kriya Yogam. It takes you step by step to that level. 
There are some people who confine themselves entirely to Raghi Yoga. Do get some benefit out of it. But it's only one-fifth of the story. The other parts are not awakened. And you don't get the same integrated development as you get it in the case of Babaji's fivefold path of Kriya Yoga. But one thing I shall try to tell you. This Patanjali's Raja Yogam is called Attanga Yogam. That Ashtanga Yogam which you find in Sanskrit is derived from the Tamil word Yattu Anga Yogam. Yattu means eight. So this eightfold path is called Ashtanga Yogam, Yattu Anga Yogam. Because there are eight steps in it. So it is called Attanga Yogam. This is what everybody reads Yamam Yamam and Pranayamam, Pranayamam and Pratyaharam, Taranai, Samadhi. Like this you can keep on enumerating it. But people do not understand the true significance of it. That alone is not Attanga Yogam. According to Babaji's Kriya Yogam, there is much more to it. You can divide the body into eight parts and practice yoga. One of my great Upagurus, Chala Swami, used to do it all the time. It's very difficult to split up the body into eight parts and allow it to take rest. Something like the artificial limbs that you have to the body. It's very difficult to attain that state. To divide the body into eight parts and practice yoga is Atanga Yogam. There's much more to it than what we see in Patanjali's Rajagur Sutras. Not only that, you can divide the body into eight jhanas and master it completely and offer it to God. Atanga Yogam. <coughs> now we come to the innermost significance of Patanjali's Atanga Yogam. My friends, all of you people are Attanga Yoga Siddha. You can divide your mind into eight parts and make them function. Only people have got that capacity. And that is exactly what is happening when you are riding a bicycle. You are doing two things at the same time. Your chittam is cycling, and you are thinking of something else. What am I going to do tomorrow? So you are able to do two things at the same time. Padanjali and the great Yoga Siddhas were able to do eight things at the same time. They could divide their mind into eight parts. That is called Atthanga Yogam. And do eight things at the same time. And it is a yoga in which you can have the eight major siddhis, Vaikimalakimanima, Ishatvam, Vashitvam, all these things are included in that. So all the powers are lying latent within you. God created you exactly after his own image. But you don't develop the powers which has given you. So you continue to be an ordinary human being, crawling like an earthworm on the surface of the earth. You should be much more than what you are. Don't stop in the evolution of buying, being only a human being. Trying to become a super being, a saint and a sage and a siddha. That is Atanga Yogam. That is Babaji's Kriya Dhyana Yogam. So it is very important for us to understand the true significance of these terms. There is absolutely no conflict between Patanjali's Raja Yogam and Babaji's Kriya Yogam. This Padanjali's Raj Yoga is a fraction and one-fifth of Babaji's Kri Yoga. In trying to present to the world at large this great fivefold path of Kri Yoga, which is the very cream of Yoga Siddhanta, Babaji manifested in himself as the great Kartikeya, as it is called. And there are twelve months in the Indian calendar 
One month is called Kartikai. A month that is dedicated to Lord Kartikeya. That is another beautiful name for Lord Muruga, Kandan. There are so many names for Muruga, Subramanya and so on. One of the beautiful names is Kartikeyan. He was taken care of by the Kartikeya maidens, who is called Kartikeyan. He was born under the Kartikeya star, so it was called Kartikeyan. So he is trying to manifest all the glory and greatness of that Kartikeyan state, of the Murga consciousness. When you try to worship Narayan, you get the Narayana consciousness. When you worship Lord Krishna, you get the Krishna consciousness. When you try to worship Murga, you get the Kartikeya consciousness. A consciousness in which all the six chakras, starting with the Muladharam up to the Anjana chakram, is awakened. In that Kartikeyan, you find six faces corresponding to the six chakras. And the seventh one is hidden inside. So the six faces of Kartikeya indicates that all the six chakras have been awakened. And that is exactly the significance of Kartikeyan. If you are going to worship Kriya Baba Janaharaj as an incarnation of Lord Murga and Kartikeya, how can he be called also uh, the great Buddha Avadar uh, as Kalki Avadar and try to put down as the of the future Avadar of Buddha? All that is one and the same. What is it?